Hey, great that you've joined us here today uh, at City Point Church Redcliffe online, and uh, we pray that this message um, blesses you immensely. Uh, if you like, uh, please subscribe and like, and uh, share it with your friends. But today, uh, we just pray that this will bless you, and uh, it will bless your life in every single way. All right, so we're in this current theme called Pursuit. This is how we're kicking off January and February 2022, okay? We'll be spending the first couple of months rallying our hearts and our minds around the ideas of going after God. And to be honest, there's probably nothing better we could talk about at the beginning of a year, okay? Pursuing who he is, laying hold of that which he has already laid hold of us. Philippians talks about that, that we lay hold of what God has already laid hold of, for, of us for us. So we're pursuing God, okay? We're not pursuing the, the gifts and the things of God in absence of who he actually is. We're pursuing him. And in response, we get all those other things, okay? Uh, Matthew uh, 6.33 says it like this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added, okay? So that's the theme we're gathering under today. Um, and I wanna kick it off with, with really helping us to grasp something which I think is significant in our pursuit of God. And so um, come with me tonight, we're gonna have fun. I just wanna honor our location pastors. Um, the fact that they give me the opportunity to do this is still just blows me away and I do not take it lightly. So thank you, Pastor Sam and Carolina, Pastor Sam. Uh, if you're joining us online, thank you for joining us. Uh, we love you. We think you're amazing. If you're in ISO, <laughs> uh, been there, done that, um, you can make it. It'll be fine. Um, holler at us. We'd love to support you if any way we can. I feel like I'm backtracking real quick, like, <laughs> but we're here to help. Um, all right, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 1. We're going to look at three different passages of Scripture um, real quick, and then we're going to get into this together. Romans chapter 1, and we're going to kick off in verse 19, four verses. It says this, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal powers, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. Let me just fill you in a little bit. Basically what Paul's saying here is, what is created reveals who God is in a very general sense. That you can't have creation without some form of a creator. And so when we look at creation, we go, wow, this is so amazing. When you see that sunset and it blows your mind, you're like, wow, who created that? God did, okay? And Paul's saying that people are without excuse, that everyone at some point or another looks at something that's created in the natural world and goes, this is just blowing my mind. It's marvelous, wonderful. I, I can't explain it, okay? Oh, uh, let's continue. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and the foolish hearts, their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and this is the key here, they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. And I'll unpack that a little bit later. Isaiah 46, verse 9 and 10 says this, Remember what happened long ago, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and no one is like me. I declare the end from the beginning and from long ago what is not yet done, saying my plan will take place, I will do all my will. And then last verse, Matthew 18, verse 3, says this, Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And this message today is going to wrap all three of those verses together, and it's all going to make sense. So the title of my message tonight, if you need one, is called Wonder, with an exclamation mark. So it's like, Wonder! 
Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. Help me to deliver this message as you have shown it to me um, and help my excitement not to be bridled in any way, shape or form. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Jacob Needleman and he tells this story of the launch of the Apollo 17 in 1975. Um, I was not yet born there, but there are some here tonight who were born then, okay? Um, and thank you for being with us here tonight. He says, I'm just going to read this because it's his story, not mine, okay? He says, the launch was scheduled for the evening and the reporters were making, uh, making a social occasion out of it. They strolled on the lawns in the press section where refreshments were laid out, picnic tables. Um, they snacked, they drank, they cracked their usual jokes drenched in sarcasm. That's the way reporters are um, and who see the world and report on the worst of the world's events on a daily basis. Finally, it was torn time for the great Atlas rocket, a 35-story tower of power, to hurtle into the heavens. There was a familiar countdown and then the launch. As Needleman tells the story, um, the, uh, the reporters were suddenly all but blinded by a fast field of orange light. Their, their eyes could barely handle the intensity. Then, in deafening silence, given that sound travels less rapidly than light, the rocket the great rocket thundered into the dark canopy of the night. The sound waves arrived in full force with a cataclysmic whoosh and a mighty hum that jangled the reporter's bones. They felt, the to they felt their toes tremble with the earth. The rocket traveled higher and higher still as the first stages ignited in spectacular blue flame. It seemed to become a star beaming three, three men bound for glory who were in the rocket into the stratosphere, and all of it was gone, vanished into the periphery of the atmosphere and into the depths of space. There was silence among the press corps. The interrupted wisecrack died, interrupted wisecracks died on the reporter's lips, not to be recalled. Needleman says that the man's eyes filled with light, their mouths open, with, uh, open wide, their faces lit with this inner glow of sheer wonder. Most amazing of all was the slight was the sight of hardened, cynical newspapermen whose whole being seemed to change. The edge had been knocked off. Smiles were now authentic and gentle. Conversations were quiet and reverent. Men were helping each other with their chairs and their notebooks. If only for a moment in time, a sense of awe had taken possession of them and changed the behavior patterns. Such moments are all too few in the dark times of these days that we live in. In a true age of wonders filled with spaceships, the internet, microchips, all miracles our grandparents could never have foretold, we have become a generation characterized not by awe, but by cynicism and empty nihilism. It is a, then it is itself a wonder for how can we, who have seen so many of these new marvels, find ourselves so spiritually empty and incapable of wonder. There's this sense of like, whoa, a rocket takes off, man on the moon, anything's possible. Wonders are, 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 are happening in the modern era in 1975. And we fast forward now into 2019, 2019, oh my gosh, <laughs> 2022. We fast forward to 2022 and it's like, you know what? Yeah, seen rockets. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know about you, but do you remember being a kid and seeing a car for the first time that was like that, your dream car, like a Lamborghini drive past, and you're like, ah! Like, I remember flying into Cairns for the first time, 
and uh, Sarah and I were, were dating, and I was, she was taking me to see the parentals, and I was like, yay. Um, and I land in Cairns, and, and I'd never been to far north Queensland. And you get out, and apart from being smacked in the face by the humidity, which immediately just starts sweating in, I looked around, and there's just mountains. And I'm just filled instantaneously with awe. I'm just like, whoa. Like the biggest range I'd ever seen was like the Toowoomba range, you know, like going from Brisbane to Toowoomba. And then you get to Cairns, and it's like you go up the Gillies range, and it's just like, we're still going, you know? Like, it's unbelievable. But do you have those moments where wonder fills your soul? I remember holding Benaiah for the first time and just, whoa, like a little baby. I wish I could find the picture. He had like a little cannula and he's like, he was just, we were in hospital for like seven days and Sarah was sleeping and I'm just holding Benaiah in my hands going, what have I done? (laughs) Like this is so cute, so little. And then it started to hit me, so vulnerable, so dependent on me, so fragile. And I'm like, and and what fills you is this, it's wonder. It fills fills your very being. It's like excitement and curiosity and and terror and, and oh my goodness, it's alive. You know, like, and I think about this because maybe... Just maybe, wonder's the missing ingredient we need in our pursuit of God this year. Like, what if, what if we saw God afresh? And not just like as we are, because the Bible says in Isaiah, and I'll get to it, there's none like him. But what if we got a new version of God, a new vision of God, a new perspective of God, so much so that what, what all that could take place within our finite beings was just being overwhelmed by sheer wonder at you are God. Just maybe. Maybe. And you may be thinking to yourself, well, Dan, what, is, what has wonder got to do with it? Well, wonder has to do everything. Wonder has everything to do with our pursuit of God because, listen, this is the truth, and this is the point I'll repeat time and time again this, this evening, is how you see God will ultimately determine who God is to you and how you pursue Him. How you pursue... How you, see God, how you, the perspective you have of who God is will determine who God is to you and how you pursue him. We need to get the wonder back in our relationship with God. We need to get the, the excitement and the curiosity and the, 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 ooh, and the, oh, and the, wow, and the, whoa, back in the way that we pursue God. Listen to this scripture again in Romans. It says, Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God made it plain to them, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and His divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God, as in their perspective of God wasn't high enough, nor gave thanks to Him, but... Their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. They changed their perspective. They, they shifted their understanding of who God is. They, they, they started to drift away from the reality of who God actually was to a futility of thinking. And what happens is, what does the scripture say? They exchanged the image of the immortal God for images made by man of mortal humans, birds, 
animals and reptiles. In other words, the way they saw God changed and therefore the way they pursue God changed. It goes on in that chapter in Romans that they then give themselves over to all types of sexual behavior, all types of immorality, and God just lets them have it because they won't see God for who he is. They've brought the God of the universe down to the image of mortal men. So it's crucial for us. It's astronomically pivotal for us that we get a proper view of who God is, that we reintroduce or reignite or reawaken the wonder of pursuing God, of being in relationship with the God of the universe. Like, just pause. Like, my wife is the hottest woman on the earth. The fact that I get to be married to Sarah Myhill is by far the greatest privilege of my life. But that pales in significance to being in relationship to the God of the universe. Like, no relationship is greater. No possible partnership, interaction can even compare to the fact that God wants to be known by us and makes that available to us in Jesus Christ. All of creation clearly shows that there is a God and we need to begin to see him. Wonder for us puts God in his proper place. Wonder for us allows us to be positioned in the right order of things where we go, you are God and we are not. Adam Ramsey in his new book, Truth on Fire, says it's something easier experienced than explained. Wonder is delight, surprise, curiosity, and terror all mixed together to show how truly small and vulnerable we are. And that's okay when we're thinking about God. The goal is not really to diminish who we are, but rather to exalt who He is. The goal is not to make ourselves smaller, although in comparison to God, we could not even compare to the ant in comparison to ourselves, but rather to exalt how majestic, how big, how awesome he is. Wonder is the response of someone who has encountered the divine and the infinite through the means of the natural and the finite. Wonder is the enraptured response of someone whose attention has been lifted off normal and oftentimes mundane to the reality of something greater. In fact, wonder can transform a seemingly normal, average, mundane thing into something significant. When wonder is introduced to something, it changes everything. When wonder is reintroduced to your relationship with God, it reignites the the passion, it reignites the fervor, it reignites the excitement, it reignites the, the ecstasy and the pursuit and the eagerness and the hunger. When wonder is introduced, it's like it's like speed to your spirit. I've never had speed, but I've heard rumors. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, it can't be categorized. It, it can't be, there's not enough words that I could possibly describe it. But wonder is this thing. It's, ah, oh my gosh, it's breath to your lungs. Life possible beyond what you could imagine. And so for some of us tonight, we need to reimagine that wonder. Others, we need to regain that wonder. Oh, come on. Unless you're recently converted to Jesus Christ and you're like on the high that comes with being a new Christian, all of us, at one point or another, I'm sure, have had a greater level of wonder in our relationship with Jesus. I'm sure we can all relate back to that time when our relationship with God carried with it a greater sense of fervor and desire and wonder. 
There was more urgency to his word, more hunger to meet him in prayer, a craving to be amongst his people, gathered together in worship, sitting under preaching of the word, an insatiable hunger for his presence. There was no sense of obligation, no rut of routine to contend with, no familiarity of another Sunday service. No, it was fascinating, intoxicating, wonderful. It was as if every song were handpicked by heaven for us, as if every message preached knew exactly where we were at and what we needed to hear. When we prayed, it was as if we were sitting in the room with God himself and he was sitting with us and we were talking and communing. And you know what? It was like that. It was like every verse of the Bible was written and poured out, that as we poured out over scripture was personally written for us from our creator. It was wonderful, awe-inspiring, humbling. And yet we didn't shrink back in those moments. We instead, the realization of how small we were, how vulnerable we were, made us lean in all the more. That's what wonder does. And this description might not be your exact experience, but based on scripture, it is your invitation. It's the invitation to experience God like never before. Whatever you've seen of God, heard of God, touched of God, that's just the surface. There's so much more. We cannot capture, measure, limit in any form, sense, who God is and how vast he is and how great he is and how magnificent he is. I could, not down, I could not talk up God enough to describe how wonderful he is. And this same God invites us into a pursuit-like relationship with him where we seek and he reveals himself. Where we seek and he allows us to find. He doesn't hide as if to be undiscoverable, but rather he removes himself that we might come forward in eagerness and anticipation. We need to bring back the wonder because how we see God will ultimately determine who God is for us and how we pursue him. God is nothing other than himself. There is no one like him, none can compare with him. There is none that we could put beside him and say here is his equal in any form, shape or another. And we cannot describe in in enough detail the, the depth, height, width of the gap between who God is and, and anything else. He stands alone. He has his own category of which no one else can stand in. He will not be tamed or downsized in order to make us feel more comfortable with the idea of our proximity to the God of all ages. The maker of all creation, the sovereign ruler of all time, space and matter stands alone and yet invites us into relation. We must approach him as he is and reconcile within our approach who he is and who we are not. Namely that we have sinned against him and yet he still wants relationship with us and made that available through Jesus Christ. That we have let him down and yet he has never let us down. We have been unfaithful and he has never been unfaithful because he cannot be anything but faithful. We are weak and he is strong. We are poor, he is rich. We are created and he is infinite and uncreated, the creator of all things. We are finite and he is limitless, unending, nonstop, forever could go on and on and on. And in fact, we should. 
There is no danger in overstating the grandeur of God, for in truth, His grandeur cannot be overstated. It is the understanding of this that positions us to approach God the way that He designed us as children who approach a good Father, a perfect Father, full of wonder and awe. We must be careful not to downplay who God is to appease our sense of discomfort as we try to wrap our heads around a God who is infinitely more than what we could ever describe, who in many ways is like us because we were created in his image, but yet in so many more ways is nothing like us because he's God. For although we are created in the image of God, we are nothing like God. He stands in his own category. Isaiah 46, verse 9 to 10, he says, Remember what happened long ago, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and no one is like me. I declare at the end from the beginning and from long ago what is not yet done, saying my plan will take place and I will do my will. Isaiah 46, verse 5 says, To whom will you compare me or make my equal? Who will you measure me with so that we should be like each other? Isaiah 55 verse 8 and 9 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways not my ways, says the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Like if you want homework, go back, go to the Bible this week, this after the service sometime, read uh, Job and God's response to Job from about verse, uh, chapter 38 verse 1 through to like chapter 40 verse 2. It's basically God just listing off. He, he, basically, he, says, he says to Job at the start, he says, Job, stand up and be a man and respond to me. And then he just goes on this litany of like, where were you when I did this? Where were you when I did this? Where were you when I did this? Tell me where the lightning bolts are stored, where the snow is stored. Where, and he just goes on for like two chapters, just listing the things that we couldn't even begin to take into consideration about how the universe is formed. And, and he goes from everything from the small to the large. He's like, tell me how you loosen Orion's belt. Tell me how you capture the bear and its cubs. Tell me how you, you know, it's like, oh my gosh. Wonder, awe, my goodness, God is so much greater. He is omnipresent everywhere, not limited to space or time in any sense. He is omnipotent, all-powerful, which basically says that he has the ability to give out power without diminishing himself in any way, and whatever he wills, he has the power to fulfill it. He could, he could light up the entire world, every person in it, get, pour out divine power on everybody's life and would not be weaker one iota in and of himself. He is omniscient, all-knowing. Get this, God has never had a new thought. He's always just had all thoughts. Some of you need a moment. <laughs> He's never discovered anything new. He's just always been. He is transcendent, self-existent. He needs nothing from no one to be fulfilled and complete in and of himself. This same God then invites us into relationship with him. And we can stand here and be like, oh yeah, oh, it's the 10.30 service, but I might be five minutes late. Oh, I don't know if I'll do life group this week. How can we be so flippant in our pursuit of God and the pathways provided for us to know him and learn about him and, and, and be in relationship with him. 
We need to have the wonder reintroduced to us so that when we, when we are called to serve or called to give or, or called to be in relationship or called to disciple or called to share the gospel or called to talk to our co-worker or our neighbor or our, the soccer mom that you go to Saturdays with, whatever it is that we are, we are overflowing with this intoxicating awe and wonder of who we're in relationship with, the God of the universe. That it, that it overflows out of our lives but quicker than we can even catch hold, capture the words. That we, and we sound like fools, but we, it's because we've encountered glory. We've seen heaven. We've seen it in Jesus Christ. God is God, and in all eternity, he has not varied in the slightest from his full righteousness and perfection. How you see God will ultimately determine your response to God and your pursuit of him. If you see him as angry, upset, or disappointed in you, why would you pursue him? If he's merely the grand CEO of the universe, you might occasionally offer up a prayer hoping that, that he might intervene in the minuteness of your existence. But if he doesn't, then it's fine because he's probably really busy. He's the CEO. If he's a killjoy, anti-fun, wet blanket, cosmic wet blanket, of all things enjoyable, then you'll feel guilty for enjoying the life that he's given you and taking pleasure in the things that he designed you to take pleasure in. Worse, if he's malicious, cruel, and out to get you, the author of evil and the originator of suffering who leads through fear to keep you in line, then what option do you have but to comply with a God like that? But this is not our God. No, our God is good, gracious, righteous, full of justice, full of truth, and full of grace, and full of mercy. He is slow to anger and quick to love. His patience knows no end, and His kindness has no limits. He said, if you want to know me, you have to come as a child, because I am a good father. Matthew 18 verse 3 says, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This same God beckons us in to seek Him and to find Him, to approach Him as children would approach the most perfect, the most loving, the best Father. We approach as children and as we grow in our maturity in Christ, as we grow in our walk in Christ, we, excuse me, we mature into, we mature into childlikeness. We, we don't mature into stoic, oh, I've seen it all before, yes, the move of God. I remember the revival of 1994. No, we go, oh, he's doing it again. I can't wait to jump on the edge of my seat. Oh, God, are you doing something new? I want to be there. Oh, I've seen what you've done in the past. You were the God of my youth, the psalmist says. But now when I'm old and gray, would you still, could I tell the next generation of your wonders? Could I tell them of your power and your greatness? Oh, Jesus. We see with wonder and eyes wide open. In return, when we do this, our wonder is multiplied. Our hearts burst with unrestrained and often undignified worship and adoration to a God and then confidence grows within us and we walk into the future not because we are confident of the future but we're confident of the God of which we walk with the God of which we have pursued and found and continues to beckon to us calls unto us we see God for who he truly is and are filled with awe and empowered through his spirit 
to know Him and be known by Him. Well, Dan, how does this impact me tomorrow when I go into my workplace? Here, get this. A proper view of God, a God full of splendor and wonder produces in us a fearlessness in approaching the world around us. And I tell you what, in 2022, we need fearlessness. We need a confidence and a boldness that says, you know what? I have seen the God of wonder and awe and majesty. What could the earth possibly throw at me? In our workplaces, schools, universities, homes and neighborhoods, we carry the light and the life of God who fills us with life, joy and wonder. We walk through suffering and loss, through trial because Christ, in Christ we see and know and are comforted with His love because He too walked through those things. He says, I know what it's like to lose everything. I know what it's like to be tempted. I know what it's like to suffer. And we can walk confidently because He did that for us as well. We can share our faith and, and instead of maybe the opinion of the latest government mandate or, or what happening, we're sharing the gospel because that's what overflows. We're not sharing the latest thing we read on Facebook. We're sharing the latest thing we read in the Bible because we've seen God. We've encountered and are filled with wonder and awe that this, this is the realest thing is ever gonna be, the realest thing that ever could be. And if I lose myself to this, then I gain everything. We can walk in confidence and boldness in uncertain times because we are certain of whose we are and His unchanging nature. You can start that business, go for that promotion, give that sacrificial gift, apply for that internship. Apply for that internship. Give a year to God because you're confident that it's actually God who's in control. This year, regain the wonder of pursuing God of the, the God of the universe who beckons you and seeks you out. Look at your life in the same way I looked at Benaiah when he was first born and recognize that God has blessed you. You have much to be grateful for and there is wonder to be discovered and also responsibility to be taken. Explore creation, go out, go to Cairns, see the mountains, see things that will ignite within you a wonder and a passion for the God of the universe, the God who created it all. And finally, dream big, see that like those who watched the rockets in 1975, that there are no limits to God. Cultivate a heart of wonder, give big, serve big, love big, because that's who He is. With every head bowed and every eye closed tonight. Eye, eye closed tonight. This God of wonder and majesty calls us into relationship with Himself. And yet while we were still sinners, the Bible says, while we were still enemies of God, estranged and away from Him, He made the first move for us in the person of Jesus Christ. And He beckoned us through His Son's sacrifice and death to know Him and be known by Him. And you might be sitting here going, Dan, I wanna know this God of, of which you talk about with such passion and excitement. I wanna know this God who fills your life with such wonder and excitement. I wanna know that God. And can I tell you, you can his name is Jesus. He is the fulfillment of all God's promises. And in Him, we see the Godhead in fullness. When you've seen Jesus, you've seen God, and He invites you today into relationship with Him. 
So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give you the opportunity tonight. If you want to know God, you want to have a relationship with this God in Jesus, would you be brave tonight? Be bold tonight. Stick up your hand and say, yeah, Dan, that's me. I want to know I want to know this God you've talked about all night. I want, to be, I want my relationship with God to be filled with wonder and hope and excitement. If that's you, be brave right now. Stick up your hand. As I look across this place, is there anyone here tonight who wants to do that? Thank you. I see that hand. I appreciate that. Is there anybody else? Come on, this is your moment. Amazing. Thank you so much. Love that decision. For the rest of us here tonight, The God of heaven is calling you to once again ignite the wonder in your relationship with Him. He hasn't stopped being so wonderful. So the responsibility is on us to regain the wonder, regain the curiosity, regain the awe, regain the the fervency, regain the fire, regain the hunger to stir the gifts and to stir the passion and to, to... maybe throw off some some things that are holding you back because you don't want to look silly or don't want to sound silly or I don't even know if I know everything. It doesn't even matter in comparison to knowing Him. Your year in 2022 can be the best year you've ever had. Your relationship with God can go to levels you've never even dreamed of. You can see things afresh and anew if you just reintroduce the wonder into your relationship with God. Let me pray for you tonight and then we're gonna go out praising. Father God, I pray this year that we would pursue you like never before, that you would fill our hearts with wonder. God, bypass every limited thought we have about you. Correct our wrong images and our wrong thoughts that that culture have told us who you are rather than your word. God, where we have erred and, and held back our awe and our worship, God, let it be like a dam that breaks and let us worship you unrestrained and unbridled. Let it even become more undignified, God, as we behold your glory, behold your majesty, behold the reality of who you are. And Jesus, let us see you in your fullness this year more than ever before, that we as a church might be your hands and feet, your life and light into the region, into this state and into this nation like never before. Let your church arise full of power and might because we have seen and beheld the King of glory in all your majesty. We pray this in your mighty name and everyone who agreed said, amen and amen. Why don't you stand to your feet tonight? Congratulations if you made that decision. We love you. It's the best decision you could have made. Um, We have a team that's standing up the back. They might have seen your hand go up. They'll bring you a Bible. They want to have a chat with you. If no one comes and approaches you, come see me or come see our team at the Yes Bar. We'd love to connect with you. Make sure you hang out afterwards. I think there's hot dogs for dinner tonight. It's going to be great. Um, let's, Let's do this year, hey? full of wonder, full of excitement. Let's make sure we're planted in the house of God. Let's get involved with life groups. It's gonna be a great year, despite what the news says. Let's go out praising the King of glory because He's worthy to be praised. Amen.